0: Hello and welcome to the Grumpy Surfer podcast. I'm your host, Ads Lyson. In this episode today, I have Stu Pointer. Stu is a senior account manager at Tiki International. Tiki is one of the oldest surfing brands in the United Kingdom and it dates back to being established in the early 1960s. In this episode, me and Stu talk about surfing travel, a little bit about surfboard design, and also artificial waves. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Stu Pointer, welcome to the Grumpy Surfer Podcast. How you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's been a, uh, it's been an interesting evening so far.
0: Well, it's just been me flashing <laughs> at the computer. <laughs> for, those, for those of you listening, uh, I have a computer that's nearly ten years old, and it has gerbils running in the wheel to power it, and it's really <laughs> annoying.
1: I'm surprised we made it this far, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's going to smash it soon. Um, Right, so let's,
1: good? Yeah, yeah, mate. Uh, let's talk about surfing. Hooray!
0: Let's talk about <laughs> surfing. That's the reason why I started this podcast. When did you start surfing and why?
1: Okay, so uh, my story into finding surfing was uh, basically, thanks to my mum and dad, I grew up in Plymouth, born in Plymouth. Um, and, uh, you know, there's surf around Plymouth, but it's not the best place. But we used to go holidaying on the north coast at Polzeth. Um, and when I was younger, uh, Anne's Cottage—I don't know if you, if uh, if anyone that's familiar with um, Poles F now, Anne's Cottage is um, is a big old shop, but back then it was a little petrol station, little flat roof petrol station. Um, and my mum and dad knew the owners, so we used to um, we used to get free hire boards, and that's kind of where I started. I started surfing, which was uh, yeah, I mean great great memories, it's and nice I, little... that stayed with me all the way through.
0: It's a Nice little break F too
1: uh it was good then It's probably yeah it wouldn't be my choice of waves to go to now but it's um i mean a brilliant brilliant place really good um but yeah living at croyd now you get a bit spoiled with the waves and Plymouth and places around here so yeah it's um but it was a great place to learn to surf a really great place growing up going on holidays so yeah that's where i started surfing and then carried on through you know we grew up in plymouth and then we had the south coast spots like witsands and Wembury and shallabra and um, all the other spots down there. So um, yeah, it was, uh, it was yeah. I had a great great childhood, and that's where I started surfing.
0: Did you do what I did and you got into it and then decided you're going to buy what the pros used to ride back in the 90s and buy like a six foot board that was like 18 wide and like an, and maybe an inch thick and No, was...
1: no, I didn't do that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you. So the boards back then, I had. Uh, I think my first board was a Fulmer. Um, a horrendous spray job i bought it from board shop which was uh down on the barbican in plymouth i ended up working there actually just from being a annoying grom that would hang around at the shop at the weekends and ended up getting a job but uh, that's where i got my first board and i I can't remember how big it it was probably i'm guessing it was it would have been around the six foot five something mark big fat wide thing old school you know like a vintage board you see the vintage boards come mm-hmm. up on the market now on on you know you know they occasionally come up um so it was it was one of those but i was so proud of it and i paid for it out of my own mummy. i think my money mum and dad gave me a bit of money towards it and uh it was uh yeah do you know what i i regret ever selling that i wish i've, I've seen it once it, it, i saw it once actually it was at poles f someone had it at poles f and i should have gone up and uh tried to buy it off them there and then but um one of those things I should have held on to, but yeah, it was a Fulmar, mar, board. Great board.
0: I have no idea what I did to the first one I had. I probably smashed the crap out of it because I couldn't ride it because it was so fucking, <laughs> it was such a stupid thing to do. Like, do you know what I mean? I mean, I didn't know any better,
1: didn't I? There was, a, there was a, a period of time when everybody had the really narrow, like Taj Barrow toothpicks. You know, like totally, really not very good for this country's waves at all. Um but no I always kind of uh, I always had relatively wide boards. I'm I'm a bigger guy, so uh yeah, my boards have always been a little bit bigger.
0: We all know volume's your friend anyway. Volume's everybody's friend. <laughs> Word,
1: fuck it. It, it is now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Volume and speed of paddling, wave count that's it's Yeah, exactly. At. That's
1: what it's all about though. All about wave count.
0: So um growing up in Plymouth, um, you know, how how did how did you continue with your like your surfing journey?
1: Uh, well, it's hard. It's hard when, it, well, before driving license and vehicles, it was, um, it was quite hard because you're dependent on, I guess, like all, all kids growing up surfing, unless you live by the beach, you're dependent on, on lifts from people, you know, who are older than you. And then there's the, then there's the problem of your parents letting you go with people that are, you know, driving and older than you and they don't really know. So... You know, there was we had buses and trains, and when I was growing up at school, we used to. I mean, obviously, don't I'm not condoning this, but we we used to go in, and take our surfboards into school, hide them in the hedge outside the secondary school. Uh, it's a school in um, in Plimpton called Ridgeway Comprehensive, and uh, we um, yeah we'd go in and get first register, and then we'd jump on the on the bus to Wembury. So that was uh, that was kind of like how we carried it on. Then there was a few older guys that would give us a lift and take us out to the coast, just with annoying groms. But um, we'd get the train down to Newquay as well, uh, which is uh, which is always quite good fun. So yeah, there was uh, there was ways and methods to get to the beach when you don't live right next to the beach. But of course, once we passed our tests and we had a bit more freedom, that then opened up the whole of the West Country to us. So we were living in Plymouth we would go and surf we had the luxury really then of surfing all the spots um you know whether it's south coast north coast wherever it would be now i live near the beach and i think the downside of living near a beach is that you don't actually go and surf lots of other spots whereas then we would go we would go all over the place newquay penzance penel you know like all of, everywhere so uh, yeah it was a real adventure
0: I think uh, when you do live by the sea, you do get um, what I would, what I would call, you know, you become a surf snob. I know I am. A I bit. think
1: you do a bit. I think you do a bit. I mean, we look. We we I live here. I'm in Braunton. We live in um, we live in a beautiful part of the country. And Croyd is my local. Well, actually, strictly speaking, Saunton would be my my closest beach, um, but Croyd would be the beach that I would choose to surf at most. And we have great ways on the other side of the headland at Woolacombe. Um so and other waves really good on the on the other side of the estuary, which um well, secret, which are worth travelling to. Spots. We can't speak of those <laughs> <spots>. <laughs> We must we must not speak of those places. Um But um you do you just go to the easiest place, don't you? You kinda of, you drive to where's but when you live somewhere like Plymouth and you're kind of in or anyone that's not near the beach, you choose where's best to go at that time. So Wherever the charts are looking good, you head to that beach, which was uh, which was great when we were growing up because we had that diversity of of surf spots. Yeah. Uh, rather than just surfing the same spot, and if it wasn't very good there, we we that you know we'd just go and travel somewhere else. So, yeah, it was good. It was good times.
0: Yeah, before I was married, you know, I was based in Plymouth for about five years, and which is where I am now. And I remember I used to f- finish work like as early as possible and then regardless of what time it was you know I'd be bombing down to the coast whether it's down to Newquay or Widmouth or or Bantham or what you know even if it was like super like it was today yeah super unsure and um you know you knew it was going to be shit but you still went anyway you
1: still got that stoke, don't you because you're not there you're not living by the beach like now I'm I, you, I see what you you're right about the surf snobbery it's I'll look at the cams or I'll pop down the beach and I sit there and I talk myself out of it because I'm like, oh, I'll be better tomorrow, I'll be better the next day or, you know, whereas if you, if you drive in and make an effort to drive an hour or wherever to get to a beach, you just go in regardless.
0: Do you not think that's down to your ability as well? So if you're like a, a, a competent surf, cause it's, it's difficult to gauge people's levels. I mean, you should know this more than Yeah. More, where, where you're like, some people say, yeah, I surf and um, but their level of... They could they say, yeah, I can do this, I can do that. I've got this this board. But then they go in the water, they come and fucking paddle out. So my point being, I'm ranting on a little bit here. <laughs> You're
1: really sounding like a grumpy surfer now. Yeah,
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely not had three runs either. Um, I don't really know what my point i tell was.
1: you what I, what I think is, to your point, uh, I don't know if this is what your point was aiming at, but I think it's not ability-based. I think for me now, if I go down the beach and... It is, uh, whatever the conditions, equipment is really important. So for me, I it, it's not enough to just have a, a one board in the back of your car. So I have a, a selection of boards and every single board does something different for every condition. What I don't want to do is drive down the beach. and I know it's only four miles away, but I, I don't want to drive down the beach and then come back again without getting wet. So for me, it's really important to have something in the car that is going to facilitate me going in the water, regardless of whether it's a hand plane, um, a, a mid length, a longboard, a, a fish, a twin fin, whatever it may be. I'm not, I've got a van, so I'm you know I can keep most of my stuff in my van all the time, but I don't want to drive down the beach and then be like, oh. So I, it's it's quite easy to talk yourself out of going in for a surf, but all those times you talk yourself to going in for a surf. Are, kind of take away from your ability when you do actually go in for a surf, if that makes sense. You want to just keep that kind of paddle, just going for a paddle. We went in for a surf tonight. Yeah. How, it was bad, wasn't it? Really yeah, bad.
0: Yeah, really unsure. There was a couple of little wedges coming through. But that's the thing.
1: Not. You you always go in. If you get one good wave, it's worth going in. Yeah. But it's easy to talk yourself out of going in in the car park.
0: Yeah, i got a foamy vertical. <laughs>
1: It probably wasn't even vertical. It
0: was my imagination. I think I'm fucking Harry Potter or something like that. <laughs> yeah, when I talk about surf snobbery, and uh, I mean, I, I I live I live in Exmouth, so you do. Yeah, yeah. East, I, I do live there. Great waves there. Uh, Not so much. It's about once a year. <laughs> but I live about an hour away, hour and ten away from. Any breaks, whether it's the South Coast or... What
1: would be your closest break, then? Um, From Exmouth?
0: Well, decent break. So, no, so... I would say Bantham would okay. be my... Would be the, the most decent break. It's about 50 minutes drive.
1: Okay.
0: Here's it's Here at Croyd is probably... Or Saunton's about an hour and 10, an hour and 20, depending on the traffic. Mm. Um, you can surf Sidmouth, um, you know, those those East Devon, like so, yeah, South Coasties, but they're real fickle. Mm. Um, and they would probably take about 40 minutes to drive to anyway. So I might as well drive to Bantham if it's any good.
1: Yeah, I mean, for the extra 20 minutes, you can go and surf some waves on the North Coast, which yeah, makes sense.
0: Exactly. So when I talk about being a surf snob, I look at the forecast and, you know, I would say I'm a competent surfer. I wouldn't say I'm like anywhere near advanced or late intermediate standard or anything yeah. like that. I, You know, I, I hold my own a little bit. But when I look at a forecast and I see that it's going to be decent, yeah. I'll hold out for those days as opposed to what we went in today. You know, some people will drive hours to get to do something like yeah, that. Yeah, true, true. And, and that's where I'm talking about that. But you've also got room.
1: family and kids to consider and you know that all kind of plays a bit of a role in that doesn't it in that in that decision making process. Which for me is really important being here so close to the beach. Yeah. You know I can I can shoot down without having to think Shit, it's going to be 2 hours before you even got in the water that's just travel time.
0: Yeah, I mean if I drove down to the beach and the uh, and the forecast Magic Lieweed, that we call it Magic Lieweed <laughs> for a reason, if I get down here and I haven't read the forecast correctly, even when I look at all the charts and stuff and and uh, it's not what I think it is, I generally drive down like at five o'clock in the morning so I can get back at a decent time to yeah. have a day with the family and stuff.
1: But so that's where equipment comes in is really yeah. important because you can come up here and on on an iffy forecast well, not here. You can go any 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 coastal any beach and on an iffy forecast. And if you've got the right equipment, you will always get in, even if it is a hand plane. Or if you want to go and just flash you know, catch a few. You can always get in the sea if you got if you got the the right equipment. But then, if you've got too many boards, like well, like, that is a problem as well. <laughs> <laughs> like I've got a ten
0: angle up in the garage, and I always bring the that wrong is, stuff. That is that is
1: a real problem. Yeah, I. I mean, I, I work in the surf industry, so I'm I'm in a privileged situation that I can I have, I have a access to lots of equipment and um, lots of different types of equipment, and that can that can be a curse as much as a, you know, as much as um as anything. But it's uh it, it is quite nice to be able to go in and surf surf on different stuff and uh, in different conditions, and actually having that extra equipment and those those boards makes you go in and, you know, you want to go and surf on a mid-length when it's three foot and onshore or a twin fin if it's a couple of foot or whatever, you know.
0: I've got really into back into my twin fins again recently.
1: Yeah, I've, I've always been into them, to be honest. There's kind of always been, been a bit of a, a, a constant through my surfing life.
0: I've always, liked, I've always liked retro equipment. I don't know whether it's just because when I was younger, I used to watch, like, the really old, you know, um, uh, Sunsets of sun, and mm. um, you know the green iguanas. You know the old hockey films, and um, you know even back to the old seventies films like Morning of the Earth and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I even got a Morning in the Morning of the Earth board shaped. Yeah, it didn't go too well single pin towels don't go well on beaches I just gathered they definitely don't (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah,
1: they're a strong point board but not a very good beachy board (laughs) yeah
0: well it wasn't the wasn't the best purchase I ever did but I had it nonetheless
1: (laughs) it's a wall hanger
0: yeah well no it wasn't I sold it pretty pretty quick I had a bare single fin as well
1: Uh, nice you had some classics then I did, but that thing
0: used to slide out like
1: anything. Yeah, look I take all that stuff the pros make them look amazing when they surf them but they they're not in reality they're not they're not the easiest boards to surf.
0: Well not in British waves. Definitely are not
1: in British waves.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were we're a little bit short on point breaks unless you go like to Scotland or Ireland or something. Oh, I don't like know,
1: that. I don't know there's a fair few decent point breaks around. Yeah, but you have to
0: know about them and go and look for them too, right?
1: I don't know. I think nowadays, I think there is um, there's a lot more um, knowledge on the breaks around with Google Maps and uh, social media, and you know, everybody likes to post post a, a session on, online, don't they? After they've had a a good session and they've come down, you know, I think um, I just I think now it's um, there isn't many places left that are truly secret would be my take on it especially for North Devon anyway
0: yeah I mean surfing's become one of those most explosive sports whether people want to recognise it as a sport or a pastime I mean it's completely up to you some people see it as a soulful thing yeah okay if you want to see it that way Um,
1: I think I mean I think it's great surfing is an amazing sport I fell in love with it many many years ago when I was probably about 12 Um, you know, I mean, that was a long time ago now, but it was, um, and I fell in love with it for all the same reasons that people are still falling in love with it. You know, it just, it's that it's, it's, uh, it's, for me, it's not just the surfing either. It's, it's, it's the whole package of the car park and, and, you know, you see all your mates in the car park and it's just a real social, sociable sport. You know, I could literally spend the whole day down the beach and surf for two or three hours and spend the rest of the time just hanging out and chatting and laughing and you know, so that the whole thing is, um, for me is is what makes it special.
0: Yeah, the the social aspect's good, but if you you can also be a loner with it too. You can go off when I mean I, I used to go travelling on my own for a, a good few years. You know, I took was a board a day. Start, oh, I only I
1: only go surfing on my own. I mean I, I very rarely I'll go with more than two people. Um but I mean, as in, like, if you go down the beach and the culture, your local, the culture, your local car park, and you turn up, b- b- b, what everyone's like, yeah. you know, running in and yeah, you know, running out, and um, that's um, yeah, that's a that's a big attraction as well.
0: Yeah, I think if you live in the community like that, like you do here, yeah, you know, you you, you are super lucky in a way. I I do kind of envy it a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, it's really difficult. I mean, you're I'll like t- an
1: honorary local, though. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I don't know. Who you pretty much are. Yeah, they see me
0: rock up and they go, oh, <laughs> oh, "Fucking hell, is that one again?" <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 difficult. You know, I, I love where I live. I live. I do live by the sea anyway. So you know, I can I can get into the sea whether it's paddle boarding, swimming, or yeah, just taking the kids to walk on the beach and stuff. You know that 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 is a luxury that i'm never going to look down upon and say you know um you know i've got family that live in the midlands and, Yeah. you know they would you know they'd sell their left foot to come down and do something like that but um you know for doing what we do and it, for me it's a it is a passion i've realized mm. this over the lockdown period is that the first things i started Looking at, because we've we've got this, I'm not going to go on a rant about social media, but we do have social media is, you know, I started looking at old surf films again and I was going, I was looking at boards and we were talking about this earlier about shapes and what fins do on different boards and <laughs> yeah. I was getting really back into it. and I was like, oh, I can't, I can't wait till I go, I get back in the water again and I can do <laughs> this and can do that. And you're watching surfing films and you're getting really motivated to do it. And they never really find that with anything else. I really get pumped. No, on it as No, I'm well.
1: exactly the same though. That is that's totally me as well. I, I I don't get as excited. I don't. There's nothing else in my life that I would that would get me up at four o'clock in the morning to go and do it. Apart from kids. Oh yeah, that yeah. But my kids are older now, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, but talking about lockdown and getting you stoked on surfing. What I, What I've struggled with in lockdown, and uh, although actually through lockdown there was there was a fair bit of surf. And we're in a fortunate position to be able to be close enough to the beach to I surfed through lockdown, um, but I was you know we were cycling to the beach and we were, all the stuff we were allowed to do, um, so it's great actually you know being down at Croydon surfing um, with two people out was 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 a real luxury for me. But uh, I got hooked on the um, on the WSL True Surf game.
0: Ah, yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> so, level are you on?
1: Well, I'm only level thirteen. Oh, but 15. I can pop some airs. Pop some airs. I don't get that. <laughs> Which I is more than it. I can do in my actual surfing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair one. That's a good game, right? You do like, get Honestly, team. I have been what it's given me now as well, and I know travelling is still um not possible to certain areas and I mean look, right now, as we speak, I should be in the mentor eyes. This obviously it all got cancelled. So playing that game <laughs> is driving me insane with the lack of surf we've got at the moment, so um, that kind of kept me going.
0: <laughs> the question is, have you spent any money on it yet?
1: Well, do you know what I did? What did you do? I subscribed to get um, uh, unlimited storms.
0: Really? You're going to have to show me how to do that, I
1: think. Have you not done this? You must have the storms when the surfs, you, you improve well, the Well,
0: I've just been, you know, pretty reluctant with any of that purchasing stuff. And I've it's 2 It's
1: 75 been... a month.
0: Oh, mate, I've just been grizzing it out.
1: You are really the grumpy surfer. You're the grumpy tight-ass surfer. <laughs> I
0: stay at Skeleton Bay and I just get loads of barrels.
1: Wait, you got to storm it. Have you stormed Skeleton Bay? Yeah, I do. Oh, okay, right, there you but go. But then when fine. all my storms are gone, I just grizz it out. You can't surf properly unless it's stormed. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is true. I I think that's quite false, that game, though Really? Yeah, because...
1: I actually, I, I really enjoy it. But, I mean, yeah, it's a game, isn't it? Yeah, it's good fun, right? It is good fun, yeah. It kept me going through lockdown. And my yeah. son, annoyingly, is better than me on it. And he can't even surf.
0: Yeah.
1: He's only 11, but...
0: You don't have to know how to surf on that day. You just have to have fat fingers.
1: Do you know what you thumbs. need to do? It's the, it's the only place that you can do a, off the lip in the barrel.
0: It's true. Or go upside down. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: I, I, do you know what, do you know, you just, you just reminded me of something... So I, I remember I bought. Um, I went to Florida on holiday. I was lucky enough to go on holiday with my family, and um, we were in. You say that
1: like it's um, <laughs> like it's a real luxury.
0: It, it well, it was. <laughs> um, we we went to the Florida Keys, um, and I went. I went into a shop and had a few surfing magazines in there, and had this. I think it was a surf, big like, uh, like an album. Like it must have been like the end of season magazine or something. It was yeah. massive. It was like A five or something.
1: Yeah, A five, A five. Oh, I think I got it. I got the same copy.
0: Or A three, and it, and in the back of it, it used to tell you how how to do how to perform perform certain maneuvers. And one of the maneuvers in it was to catch a barrel, but use the wave to go in inside, over the lip, and back down again. Do you well, know?
1: As, as in taking off.
0: As in going in, inside the barrel. Yeah you then use the wave then inside the barrel to come up I'm trying to explain I can it with do my that quite in. well round <laughs> and come simple. back down with the lip inside the barrel and land and then come out of the barrel okay
1: the I've leg. done that but I've never come out yeah or landed it
0: I've seen Senate Chopper a few people attempt it but then get absolutely nuked right yes
1: <laughs> That's standard
0: but I, I remember seeing those sort of things in those magazines and it was uh yeah I always wanted to do. I'd never, ever seen it been done,
1: though. Yeah, see, when I was growing up and I started surfing, that was was our thing. Me and a a couple of mates that I surf with, if we weren't surfing, we were reading surfing magazines or we were watching religiously the old school movies, surf movies, Mad Wax and all the ones that you mentioned earlier, um, on repeat, over and over and over again. And then we grew up in, uh, like I said, I, I grew up in Plymouth. So, you know, we had um, Sam Lamaroy and all the Newcastle boys uh, went to university in Plymouth because actually when um, uh, it wasn't kind of during that era, the surf science degree yep. started yeah. that Malcolm Finley, Doc Finley started. Um, and um, so obviously Plymouth became a real hub and Real popular for surfers coming down. They used to just go to Swansea and uh, places like that. But There's a massive
0: know. surfing club down there now, isn't
1: there? I mean, Plymouth changed a lot hmm. from when I was growing up there. When I was growing up there, it wasn't anything like the place it is now. Um, but um, but and actually, when I started surfing in Plymouth, there was there was there was surfers around, and there was a surf shop, and um, uh, it was all but it was all relatively low key. But then the surf science degree came in um and that became really popular and then the the what is now the university used to be a um uh it wasn't university then it was just a, a college i think um but it was very small so it kind of exploded the whole scene exploded um and um it was just yeah it became super super busy and everyone you know there's lots and lots of students down there so yeah it was it was i can't even remember what my point was no, yeah, no, t- it was um, it was it was busy time, kind of growing up down there after that happened. But we used to just immerse ourselves in all these movies and watch this, and then we had guys like Sam and all those boys come down and surfing with people that are, um, a fair level, fair few levels higher than you at surfing. It was always good for our surfing because we would be, you'd always surf to that level. It was really, you know, it was, good, um, it was good growing up around those guys because they used to rip. I mean, they surf Bantam and, you know, it was really, uh, it was really good for our surfing growing up with them and kind of like trying to surf to their level. Yeah, I mean,
0: you get inspired by people that are better than you, don't you? So, you know, if you're surfing with guys that are like pretty much pro.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, you're going to see how they do that and you're going to try and, um, what's the word, um, emulate it.
1: Yeah, I think you do. I think just naturally you, 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 you try and surf better, don't you? You Like someone does a move and then you or turn and you know, you're like, yeah, everyone's just kind of pushing each other on. So it's, for me, when I was growing up anyway, it was, it was, um, that was, that was really important to, to have all those guys around me and surf with those guys regularly. And not just those, but lots of others and underground surfers that surf well. And you just end up pushing each other to, to better things.
0: I think only as I've got older I never really looked at like the technical side of it really mm. and it's only as I've got older maybe the last sort of like five to ten years I've really really sort of like noticed that actually there is a kind of technique to this It sounds really weird mm. but you know and, and I've looked into it a little bit more and I've only I've done like it's only me doing my own research really into all that sort of thing and by doing that, it has made me a little bit better. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still do a fucking a stupid poo stance Sometimes when I take off, I bend my knees right down like Jeff Hackman used to do. And, you know, yeah, people could say that's a style, but I hate being videoed. And
1: it's it's like... I don't I'd think get, it's anybody that likes watching themselves surf unless you're John John Florence or someone that absolutely rips. Yeah. It's always a bit of an eye opener when you in your head, and it's it's so true. In your head, you think you surf better than you do I mean, until I, you see yourself surfing and you're like, "Oh my god!"
0: We surf, We went. I uh, went on a trip to Portugal last year, around about March time last year, and I was lucky enough to score coxos um, in Aracera when it was like you know good solid five foot, um, and uh, one of the guys was um, was videoing it. And I, and I was doing turns. It's on my back end, so I'm, so I'm goofy. And uh, I was I was doing these turns. And I was like, "Yeah, that's going to be a nice little snap back and stuff." Hope he's got
1: bit. it. Hope he's got it.
0: And then when I watched it back, it what did it look like? It looked like your dad going for a walk in the park. That's what it looked like.
1: <laughs> and I was like that. No! Never watch yourself surfing is oh. probably one of my biggest surfing tips.
0: But, it, but it's also one of the only ways that you're only ever going to get better as well. Video analysis. I know, it's really important. Is. I
1: mean, yeah, yeah, it is really important. Lots of the, um, lots of the groms and stuff around here. There's a uh, really good uh, chap, with Damo, um, owns one of the local surf schools. Um, and he has a, um, uh, like a training module called Surf Development. Um, and the, all the grommets benefit from, from the video coaching. I mean, it's a hard job for him because he stands on the beach in the rain and the wind and the, you know, like in all conditions and, but, you know, they go back and they analyse what they're doing and, and, you know, we've got some great young kids around here now, really, really good surfers. I
0: mean, yeah, I mean, you go down to the beach sometimes when it's good and they just absolutely rip Yeah, me.
1: it makes me feel really old.
0: Well, I mean, especially when, <laughs> especially when you when you just sat there in the lineup, and then all of a sudden, this little like you know, twelve, fifteen year old kid is boosting a massive air and you think
1: Oh, I wish I could do that. <laughs> no, no. I know I know. They're all a hernia. It they, would give me a bad back, definitely. Yeah. No, no, it's um, it's good. It's great to see the the local talent, um, not just here, but across the country, you know. And surfing, like say we said earlier, is really exploded and boomed and. I'm in an industry. I work in an industry that I absolutely love. Um, uh, Let's talk
0: about that a little bit. So yeah. when When did um, when did you start working for for Tiki? So it's Tiki International was the name, but you work for.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, look, I my I I started my surf career. I mean, I always knew that I. I mean, look, I fell in love with surfing when I first jumped on that swelly in Polzeth, and then. Um, growing up in Plymouth, growing up in Plymouth i uh <clears throat> started hanging out in the local surf shop down in the Barbican, which was boardwalk at the time, <clears throat> run by uh, Andy and Jane who ended up running uh Hawaiian Island creations in Nuke they okay. moved down they moved down there and um, Tunnel vision turned into yeah. tunnel vision um lovely couple, really nice and then so started working for those guys' Saturday job. Then ended up, then went to work for Solar Wetsuits. I don't know if you remember Solar Wetsuits. I do. Day, I glow, Day Glow full yeah, on yeah. like uh, old school suits. Um, so did some work for Solar Wetsuits for um, for a period of time, uh, and then just um, obviously schooling and bits and pieces. I travelled fairly extensively between the ages of twenty and thirty. Or um, say fairly extensively. I'd spend eight months a year in australia and indonesia uh, and then four months back here earning enough money to go back to do to do the next eight months so i did that between every year between ages 20 and 30 then i came then i got a one-year working visa for australia which at that time was the as late as you could that was kind of like the age limit for for having a, a work one-year work permit so i did that Moved on to New Zealand, used up my work permit for New Zealand as well and then came home and um, my mum and my brother, my older brother who lives in Western Australia, they both said to me, oh, you need to, you know, you're 32, what are you going to do, what are you doing with yourself? You got no, nothing. So anyway, I ended up getting a job with Rip Curl, Uh, worked for Rip Curl for um, for five years as a sales rep, Uh, a technical rep, which was selling boards, wetsuits, uh, watches, footwear, eyewear. Um, that was really good, and then uh, and then I got a job with uh, Salt Rock, which moved me to North Devon, um, uh, and then decided that selling clothes wasn't really for me, and then got a job with Tiki, which was which I've been with Tiki now for ten, eleven years. So yeah, so
0: so we we must have met, so we we've known each other since two thousand and. 10 2011 so you must have just started working when when did you start what year did you start working? 2009 yeah so it must have yeah. been like the year or two years after yeah. that's mental
1: yeah i mean look it, yeah it is. that's crazy isn't it? it's crazy if you think about it <laughs> it is yeah no it's uh we've uh yeah we've been mates a long time but it's um you know i i, I always knew like for me I mean, look. I always knew I was wanted to be in the surf industry. For me, selling hardware is kind of where it's at. I I, I love the technical element of every, all, all the wetsuits and the, I mean it's something it's, it's something that I do and I use and I yeah you know it's just it's, there's something for me much more enriching selling surfboards and wetsuits and speaking to people about that than uh, than there is selling clothes and you know so so yeah so that was my kind of transition into i've always worked in the surf industry i've never worked in i mean i've done other jobs i was a baggage handler at heathrow um i've picked daffodils in cornwall i've laid reticulation in lawns in western australia and i've done all kinds of like other bits and pieces but i think for surfing has always been the the kind of mainstay in my in my job choices so um yeah no it's 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 been great and i love it and i'm very lucky to have a job that i in, in an industry that i've Love and in a sport that I, you know, that's also my hobby and everything. So, yeah, it's a good, good place, good times.
0: I'm not going to put you on the spot with it all, but what I'd say is that I think also is tiki has been around since fifties,
1: did... no sixties.
0: Yeah, so I, I think I think on the uh, on the title you should. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not putting you in a spot I think it's been around since like 1969, officially
1: uh, Yeah, a little bit earlier than that actually than Yeah, that? they started making blanks So they were they were one of the first companies to start blowing blanks And actually they, they started in, in South Wales Okay Yeah, yeah So they started in South Wales, they were blowing blanks um, And then they moved to uh, Tim and Dave Tim Hayland and Dave Aldrich-Smith um, Both you know, surfers. They grew up. Tim was um, traveling around Hawaii and doing like was on the. You know, was both really good surfers in the, of the day.
0: Trying to get one of them on the podcast as well. Hopefully. Tim would
1: be a really, really good person. I mean, you you're called the grumpy surfer. You wait till you speak to Tim. <laughs> Yeah, you know but he has some brilliant stories. Yeah, I did. Really um, I did
0: speak to him on the phone, and uh, he was quite keen. But you know, we'll we'll get him on. I'll yeah, him
1: no, on. yeah, you'll definitely be a good person. He's got some amazing stories, and obviously they're they've done they've done loads and travelled a lot, and um, you know they've uh, they'll be great people to speak to. But yeah, they started up the business, uh, moved down here, started making wetsuits here in the factory. In fact, we're still in the same factory that we used to make that they used to make wetsuits in and boards. And if, if you walk around the Tiki Factory um, now in Braunton, which is the one down by Tesco's and back of Salt Rock, there's still uh, resin all over the floors where the boards used to be made, and upstairs is the cutting tables where we used to make all the wetsuits. We've still got all of the old, all of the old cuts and all of their, everything from back in the day when they used to do everything here in the UK. Um, of course, everything's made in the Far East now, so. Uh, yeah, but it's it's the heritage is, is brilliant. A great company uh, to work for, and we do some you know we've got some good stuff now.
0: I mean, I, like I say, I'm not putting you on the spot, but uh, I've had I've had some branded wetsuits before, XLs, Billabongs, Ripcals, all those sort of things, or or the ones that are you know the head brands on the market. And I would probably say that Tiki wetsuits. I've had them since we met. Best wetsuits I've worn. No, Whereas
1: now, good of you to say.
0: You know, even the three three twos all the way through to the winter suits, you can't you can't you can't fault them. Uh, and I tell people this, uh, you know, and how good they are. I'm more, uh, especially since having the concept of doing this podcast and supporting local businesses and yeah, you know, wanting to talk to people in the industry, in the surfing industry especially. That's with them the united kingdom you know having having a local establishment in north devon like this that is so unique and and is still going since that uh, since those early days of surfing especially in the uk you know is is by and, uh, an amazing feat and to be able to say that i wear wetsuits that uh, uh, Produced and have that branding and has that heritage as well. I mean, I know it sounds a little bit weird, but it, I think it's fantastic. You know, and yeah, I think a lot of people should support that too.
1: I think I mean, it's really kind of you say that. I mean, we you know we work hard on the products that we do. I think we're that we make and we produce. I I mean, you know, I'm I am a little bit biased, I guess, as a sales manager, but it's um the. The product is brilliant. We do, you know, we don't just have Tiki. We have we we have we're a, we have Talk as well. We're a shareholder in Talk surfboards. Um, you know, we have loads of great products. The, I think Tiki's Tiki's. Uh, problem has always been the marketing. We've never really kind of marketed our stuff. We're a core surf brand. We never. They've never really kept up with the, with the times of the marketing and stuff. However, that doesn't detract from what we have as a product and everybody that uses our stuff absolutely loves it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's really kind of you to say that. that's cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I've, I've, I've had talk boards. You know, I've got, I've got them from you. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they, they've been amazing, the suits. I just, yeah, Any, anybody that wants to buy a wetsuit and... Uh, you know you need to support your local brands um, I, I personally think but I think that's just um, just personal preference and a little bit of bias I mean obviously you know knowing you and you work for Tiki company as well yeah Um. you know is always a good thing anyway because you know you've got heads up on the industry and, and all that sort of thing And
1: yeah we talk about a lot we talk a lot about products and stuff as well and development and, yeah. and stuff so you do have a bit more of an insight into it I mean, there's a lot of mark on the market at the moment. There's loads of brands out there, and you you know, people, consumers have never had more choice. Um, so it's great for for surfers as a whole because you can you know there is so much out there, um, and it's really just finding something that works for you and something that, f- that fits and fits your budget, fits your body. Um, and wetsuits are really personal things. We we don't do like a massive a massive range. We're all Not like um, O'Neill, where they have lots of different colours and bright stuff, and you know, like all the, we're we're quite. I guess we're more like a need essentials, or like the XL used to be. You know, we just kind of stick to what we what we do, and we make a, we make a a functional, warm, long lasting suit. I think probably if I was going to compare our the tiki suits or the Zephyrs, uh, the suits that I wear, the Zephyr is our top end suit, full stretch, and all the bells and whistles. I'd probably compare it to the early XL Infinity dry locks, in terms of the winter suits, yeah. because they're the they're the full weight, full thickness, full warmth, full longevity suit. You know, they're not the lightweight kind of five four three that is um is gonna start breaking down and have leaky seams after a few months of wearing it. So um, f- for me, I you know I love that it hasn't got all the flexibility of the super premium lightweight neoprenes, but I think the more you take out of neoprene, the the less life the suit has in it. Yeah. And for us, I also like that the eco side to that, where the suit is going to last for two or three seasons, and you know I don't want to go out and spend three hundred pound on a wetsuit every winter.
0: Well, I've, I, I I recently had a winter suit from you I had a five five four three with the hood. Yeah, amazing. So hot in the winter. And yeah, I'm not, great. I'm not just saying that, but I've still got a five four three, which was the first wetsuit I probably bought, like back in God knows now. It must have been 2011. Still got it. Still wear it. Still keeps me warm. Yeah. To an extent, in the winter. Yeah. But yeah, it's like how like how does how does that even happen?
1: Yeah. You know. Hey, when all the surf instructors at the local beach are wearing your suits, it's you know that's kind of. Yeah. You know, well, they
0: you, you know you're onto a winner
1: there, right? Yeah. So no, it's good, it's really good. Um but yeah, I mean look, I if you haven't never tried one of our, our suits, you know, give it a go and see um see what you think.
0: Yeah. Rocks, man. <laughs> Rocks <laughs> Let's talk surf trips. Oh, don't. Wow. okay, let's not talk, sir, because you should be in, a, should <laughs> be in Indo and I should have... Uh,
1: you should be in Morocco.
0: I should have been in Morocco the week that we went into lockdown, which was absolutely emotionally crippling.
1: Almost more crippling than your computer not working earlier.
0: Uh, yes and no. Um <laughs> I could smash my computer. <laughs> I I can't smash lockdown.
1: No, you can't. But I did.
0: <laughs> I knocked it out of the park. <laughs> There's
1: been a lot of people listening to this. I imagine that should be, or maybe should have gone on surf trips uh, during lockdown, or you know had a trip planned for this year. And I think everyone's in the same boat at the moment. But hey, look, we've got great waves in our own country. It's a great time to go and explore your own your own country. Because there are amazing waves all around, all around our coastline, and not just here, Ireland. Um, so um, you know, go out and support local. Go and see, surf local <coughs> beaches. Go and do a little bit of traveling around uh, places you haven't been before, and uh, keep it local.
0: Spoken like a sure professional
1: (laughs) no truly i believe i believe that you know we have i do i i in my job i get to travel around the country and i'm i went to ireland last week i'm going back uh thursday this week um and you know it's it's on our doorstep and i don't want to talk too many people into going over there because it's still really nice and quiet but it's um you know we've got great waves in 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 the uk and ireland so if you can't go away don't beat yourself up just um jump in your car and go and surf surf somewhere with his waves
0: yeah definitely come to croyd in the summer it's really quiet <laughs>
1: <laughs> i've got two motorbikes just for that reason the traffic is horrendous in yeah the summer.
0: I, i've got a hammer in my garage
1: and that's really <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> let's talk motorbikes
0: yeah, I know nothing
1: about that, so you can <laughs> mate, you can talk about what you want on this. No no no,
0: we'll stick with surfing. <laughs> okay,
1: it's uh, best surf trip. Um oh. Memorable, that's talk oh, most memorable. That is tricky. That is tricky because they change. So when I was travelling a lot there was there was memorable for different reasons, you know, I didn't have any any commitments, I didn't have a wife and kids or mortgage and all that stuff and all the freedom of travelling around. Um, but as, as I've got older and I've got a bit more money to spend I think probably my most memorable surf trip and this is not necessarily for the best waves but because of the company was um, was with a, the Maldives boat trip in the Maldives with, with a group of mates uh, I've done a really fun trip to I did a really fun trip to Nicaragua on a stag do which was um, which was epic
0: you showed me the video of that as well I did that I'm was still amazing. in trouble for that come on, on. spin the story <laughs> I can't, honestly, I can't
1: was, because I'm still in trouble for it, it was amazing. Do you want me to just tell it? Uh, you tell from, it
0: From what I remember
1: Just just so you know, the people, the guy who stagged you I was on <laughs> They've now separated No, nah, really? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't anyway, matter then now, does it? It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter But it wasn't the precursor of that though, No, no, it? well it may have been, I don't know No it wasn't, it wasn't yeah, They were so, together for so, nine years So
0: what I remember you telling <laughs> me was You were in the... Um, you were in the vehicle that was transitioning you from the airport to the place that you were staying and whoever organised it, me, yeah, had organised some, let's use in fingers inverted commas and banditos to, uh, yeah, to pull the wagon over.
1: It, well, it probably wasn't my best idea ever, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think however, a bit it was time. absolutely
1: fucking brilliant. Okay, so basically what happened in, in true stag groom uh tradition, I thought it would be really good to stitch my best mate up, um, who's uh you know, one of Pole's F locals, um guy I've grown up with. So we decided to go to Nicaragua, which was you know, for a week surf trip as you do on a on a stag do seems to be like stag dudes have just extended out from a day to two days to like a week now, especially for <laughs> surfers. Um, so uh, yeah, so we end up in Nicaragua and I and I thought it'd be a really good idea just to do something to start the trip off and I arranged an armed hold-up for the guys that we were staying at the surf camp with, the so Brazilian guys. So I asked them if they could hold up the minibus that was bringing us from the airport to the surf camp, which was about an hour drive. Um, and... Um, yeah they they dutifully <laughs> obliged so they held the, the uh, we turned up in uh, Nicaragua which which by the way is is a pretty if if you haven't been to Nicaragua it's a it's a pretty ropey rough capital city um so you kind of instantly get that vibe that you need to lock your doors anyway um, so we, we anyway, we drive out and we turn out up to the, uh, to the coast and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, the coast, everyone knows the surf camps on the coast because we've seen pictures, everyone's seen pictures of the surf camp and there's a wave right out the front, everyone's really excited and the minibus driver takes a left turn away from the coast up this little dusty dirt track up the hill, up this hillside. Everyone's like, well, this is weird. We're not we're not driving towards the coast, it can't be up here. As we come round the corner, these the boys, as a as arranged, have, have parked two motorbikes across the road, and they all come out with their face masks on and their caps are right down and they've got you can't you can just see their eyes and they're all waving machetes around <laughs> banging on the van, so it was like a full armed uh, armed hold-up. And the and Howie, um the groom, absolutely shit himself in my defense i had f- completely forgotten that he, when he lived in london he got held up at knife point genuinely held up at knife point so um yeah it didn't go down too well for him but um we we um we <laughs> we found it hilarious but okay. his wife never forgave me <laughs> so that was the start of a really good surf trip actually because nicaragua was amazing the waves were brilliant absolutely pumping surf really quiet brilliant brilliant trip so yeah so that was i think probably in terms of memorable surf trips that was one of them maldives was also good because the maldives is just a brilliant place to go and have fun waves with mates on a boat you know you surf three times a day you eat good meals you surf you know fun waves yeah. warm water dolphins you know what's not to like
0: yeah we-
1: But I've had great waves other places in the world, Indonesia and all other. But I think for memorable, that's, you know, there's a kind of probably the best places.
0: Yeah, I think going with your friends and stuff is a little bit different to being an individual rocking up at places and, you know, um, surfing breaks that you wished and always wanted to surf but because you haven't got anyone there to, you know, share that with. Sometimes... Can be,
1: a little bit. The magic's lost. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it, it can be liberating, but it also can be like what you know. You kind of turn around and go in. There's no one
1: there. Yeah, I kind of, as a surfer, you you always dream of those sessions where you surf a, alone. But actually, in reality, the the when you do surf, there are times, of course, where you surf alone, where it's like, oh, really, if you're somewhere comfortable that you know, you know, those those times are precious. But in reality, if you're traveling and' you're, you're surfing alone it it can um, and i i do oh, i i travel um I travel around with my work and quite often
0: bloody computer, another technical hitch there. it just stopped on us. um what were you saying
1: um surfing alone I think um yeah we uh, we we all would pine for surfing alone um but actually it's it's the, the, i think part of the special one of the special things about surfing is being able to share it with someone and i i'm not i don't i don't condone turning up at a surf spot in a minibus full of people but if you and i are going to go surf somewhere it's much more fun if you and i go and surf a reef down the coast than it is if i go and surf it on my own yeah because who's going to see you do your 360 air exactly huh
0: Who's going to get you 20-second cover-up?
1: Who's that? going to see you go vertical or do a cartwheel down the, fucking <laughs> down the face of a wave? Because that always happens. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I get it. <laughs> you
0: know, I've, I've travelled on my own and I've been to some crazy places. And
1: I mean, you've definitely been to some crazy places in your job. Not for surfing, but no. you've been to some crazy places.
0: Yeah, but that's a complete different comparison, mm, True. To, to be fair. But I've also been to some crazy places um, on my own as well.
1: Yeah. Um, have you ever been to any war zone places with surf?
0: No. 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 We, we, you you can't get the clearance to do it on, with surf trips. No. They have to be. They have to be to places that you get diplomatic clearance to go and do it.
1: Okay. Um, so have you been to any bases where there's surf?
0: Uh, no, I haven't. Oh. We we we've, we've tried to do some trips to uh, like Camp Pendleton, where you've got um, uh, Trestles is on the doorstep, yeah. and, and you know the the, uh, the Southern Western California coast.
1: Mm. Um, is there waves off the back of Pendleton that you're, you can only surf if you can go through the camp?
0: Yeah, I mean, because it's Cause su- somewhere
1: in Western Australia. Like I'm sure there's a place in. Western Australia, there's a Navy base that's, there's an island, you go across a big jetty and really, really long uh, bridge, car bridge, and it goes out and then there's an island and and there's waves on the back of that, but of course there's a base so you can't, you can't access it.
0: Yeah, I think there are, um, there are some breaks that are literally like straight off the back of camp and you do get some quite, I've I've definitely read some stories where, you know, blokes have come down and soldiers have come down and and, and told people, you know, you, you can't be here. Yeah, but i w I've never really no. been the the only places really the furthest reaches we the the uh, the Royal Marines Royal Navy Surf Association has been is um, we've done some Maldives trips. Hawaii yeah. Hawaii was another one. Yeah. Um, but that was before my time. Morocco like,
1: coming up was yeah, supposed to be.
0: Yeah, Morocco, we've done Morocco. Um, but they were normally, you know, just France, Portugal, yeah. Um, you know, hosega um mm. or, or you know all those sort of places yeah yeah um you know it's only been the last few years where we've kind of reached out a little bit more and and gone a little bit elaborate yeah you know, especially with boat trips out in the Maldives. yeah
1: you did that Maldives. i remember you going on that trip
0: yeah it was it, it was super good
1: yeah yeah i've never, never been on a boat trip before it's good isn't it it's good fun
0: yeah it was, it was super cool uh, one of the guys brought some fishing rods with him mm. um, and uh yeah, in the evening, we're just hanging out, hanging out at the back of the boat with a couple of beers and stuff, and you know, pulling up some massive snapper from the reefs and stuff, and that was our next day's uh, dinner. You
1: See, I never had any fishing joy in the Maldives. Oh, really? At all? You I mean, be... I stood on the back of that boat for hours. Believe me, but
0: yeah. <laughs> what? Well, one night we had um, on the back of the boat that we were on, it had uh, a massive spotlight on the back. And, uh,
1: and squidder. Yeah, we had the same. We had to, we had the
0: manta rays come up. As yeah.
1: well. Did to get the mantas. We well, well, had
0: loads of squid. Oh, did. And, you? Uh, and he was throwing throwing out his laws um, like some uh, little top spinners.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and they were grabbing that, and we were just pulling all this squid in.
1: Oh, we had a shit yeah. captain then because we didn't get any of that.
0: Well, the, the the boat we were supposed to go on was actually a surf charter boat, but the same that boat was owned by a diving company.
1: I think they're all dive, they're all dual, aren't they? Because in, because there's the surf season and the dive season. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, I, they, they, I they know. do, they do both. I think. Yeah.
0: But um, we ended up on this boat, which, which was designed really, I think for, for taking people diving because the little, um, skid that they used to take us out, out to the, uh, out to the break with just had like all the di- diving holders in there instead of like, um, yeah, the surfboard. Wraps yeah. In, which Yeah. They, which will, they probably transition to maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the the, uh, the captain was super, super sound with us and, you know, he, 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 in the evenings once we'd been surfing, he went to like the little bays and parked up and he just parked up right next to like the reef edges as close as he could yeah. and yeah, it was really cool, like the guys were pulling out. You know, it's but, a super cool place. Yeah.
1: It's a shame because it's changing a little bit now. I think a lot of the, um, a lot of the islands that used to be accessible surf-wise so you know obviously I, it, you've got um you've got lowies, which you can't surf the left hander if if uh, if you're not staying on the island mm-hmm. um and i think there's a there's a fair few more of those islands now which are being bought privately yeah um for you know like you know stilted places and holidays and um uh five star places holiday resorts so um i i actually think the the number of surf spots over there is shrinking now that you're allowed to surf yeah. unless you're staying on the island by boat. So a lot of the boats now have moved to the um to the southern atolls. Okay. Which is a shame because it was yeah, it was always a it was always a great place to visit.
0: I think we were really lucky because when we when we went there it wasn't too busy. We surfed all the, like the, the usual spots, you know, sort of like just outside of Mali where Sultan's is and
1: Yeah and Coke's and, and, and Cokes
0: and yeah, so Cokes was about maybe half a day's Half a day's boat ride. The The captain that we were in didn't really want to go too far, so I think Cokes and Chickens is up by Cokes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so that that was us. Oh, you
1: didn't surf up there. Where did you surf then? Further down towards Marley?
0: So where Marley was, we went to Sultan's, um, and what's the break that's the other side of that course? I can't remember. But, yeah, we, went, we Cokes and Chickens was the furthest one up. We surfed ninjas a couple of yeah. times as yeah. well. Um, but there was... Hardly anybody out. I think we we surf we surf when it was about four or five foot one day. Yeah, there was a couple of Aussies out from um, from the from the island where um, just outside where Sultans is. Yeah, yeah. And that was it. We had the day at chickens. Where well,
1: that's a rarity in the Maldives because it's normally super busy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was kind of strange, really. Um, we surfed chickens. Hey, what, one... why, what
1: time of year did you go? Oh man, when was it? Because their season's is July, isn't it? June, July. I think they're...
0: I think it was super early in the
1: season. Yeah. No,
0: it wasn't. It was um, it was late in the season, so it was like October time.
1: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so... It's yeah. so, yeah, so when they're just transitioning into dive. Yeah, so it yeah. was like
0: late in the season. I was a little bit dubious about it because I'd I checked upon it and I was like, it's kind of nearly out of season. Is there going to be any swell? But we were super lucky. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is that the, the, the group that we went with was very... Um, was very mixed match. You had some guys that wanted to surf, um, you know, some hardcore breaks like I did. I wanted to surf some, you know, big reef breaks. Challenging waves, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe something a little bit more hollow if it was offering. I mean, the Maldives isn't really renowned for that anyway. But no. But then we had we had people that.
1: But it is a, it is a good place to go. We had a mixed boat as well, so we had exactly the same as you. And there there is that diversity there within a reef, the, the distance of a reef pass. You know, there'd be a hollow wave right hander here and then a mellow left hander there, or even just at the end of the reef where it's kind of tapering around the island. Yeah. You know, we had a lot, a couple of the guys on our boat were longboarders, and they would sit off right off the end of the reef, and they didn't want to get up involved and go up on the the main peak. So they'd sit off the end and catch a few of the little little tail ones off the off the back of the reef. I tell you, one
0: of the best, one of the longest waves I've ever ridden was it was it chickens. And I was surfing uh, one of my friends' uh, five eight Firewire sweet potatoes. So loads of volume, super short. It was a, it was in a quad setup as well.
1: Yeah,
0: I was sat on the main peak, and I'd catch it all the way to the um, to sort of like the edge of the reef. But then it was swinging in and reforming again. So because it had loads of volume, I could keep loads of speed. And then I just caught the reform, and it then just turned back into sort of like the mid of the island. Yeah. And like I just pump, 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 and then it reformed again. And I was riding it all the way into the middle of the island. That's like, that was amazing. See
1: that? I think that goes back to our conversation earlier about equipment and having having the right equipment and the right volume for for you. It's so important to. I mean, look, it doesn't have. It's not a, a fine art, but it's having a board that. In the Maldives, you definitely need a higher volume board. You don't need the same board that you would take to Indo.
0: It's quite a fat, like a lot of the brakes are quite fat, aren't
1: they? Yeah, I the one of the one of the good friends, friend of mine was there and he had a, a, a sweet potato, no, it wasn't sweet. It was a baked potato, mm-hmm. firewire baked potato, which is a really wide, fat, wide tail, loads of volume board. And he had the best time there because the waves aren't, you know, they're not like like Indo waves where you, it's a free fall takeoff and pull into a barrel with your arms out it's it's a I mean you surf in the maldives it's it's just a fun wave to surf isn't it so you definitely need the right equipment I think a lot of people make the mistake of going away thinking they're going to be surfing a particular wave in their head and you know it's quite easy to take away the wrong equipment yeah if you don't do research
0: yeah I think if you expect to go to the Maldives and you're going to be surfing like ten twelve feet super banks it's
1: well it it does get good there i mean we've had some we had a couple of i mean the the last time we were there we had a brilliant really big swell in fact the swell was so big we had to we had to travel north to to um uh, south sorry to to get rid of to to kind of like go somewhere it's a little bit smaller oh really but even down down south it was it was absolutely firing and it was barrels and you know i mean one of the guys that we're with um took almost took his eye out with the with the nose of his surfboard, got fast boated off to the hospital in Marley, and uh, yeah, it was a bit of a drama. But um, they do get really good waves there. But it is by and large, it's a it's a they're just very very surfable, fun waves, aren't
0: they? Yeah, they're great, and the reefs aren't like super hard, and you're not going to bounce off, in they're like live corals. Yeah.
1: So It's quite, it's quite, quite forgiving. Yeah, it is really forgiving. Yeah, it's a great place for a holiday. I mean, it's expensive now. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's a it is a great place for a holiday. Let's talk. um, Let's talk board design because I know that is up your street. Why it's been? You are techie about it. Yeah, I I mean, we've had a lot of conversations about this. I mean, I work in the industry, and I'm not anywhere near as techy as you are about board design
0: yeah i've been a little bit spotterish over the uh over the lockdown and i was um i've never really looked into bottom contours of boards and i um i was looking at dan thompson um with obviously (laughs) he's doing like firewires yeah slated designs and he's he's been at it having his own thing you know he came up with the um was it the Vader? Was one of the he first ones. He did the Vader, the
1: Evo. Um, yeah. He's done a whole a whole plethora of, of really popular. Yeah.
0: So I, I, I had a. I was. What was it, I? I went to the Bristol um, Bristol Wave, which is amazing. And uh, there was a guy there that had an Evo, which kind of started it off. And I was yeah. looking at it, and this guy was like, you know, like your height, you know, six foot plus, and. You know he's quite a big guy but he was surfing like a little 510 it was like super it didn't look super thick yeah but then like when you held it and i asked him if i could have a look at it and i turned it over and it had these quad concave v in the bottom and all these like funny things coming out of it, it there's a lot thick. going on on the oh, bottom of those boards isn't there absolutely crazy yeah. right so um that just set my little mind going crazy and I was like, oh my God, what is going on here? I've got to know what's going on. And I, I got onto YouTube and went onto the Firewire podcasts and listened to what it was saying. And, I, and you know, he, he uses the modern planing hole. Yeah. Um, and and from what I gathered from him, he went, he, he'd been shaping boards for years. And he went and looked at the aerodynamics of fighter planes mm. and used the hydrodynamics from that to shape his boards. And that's when he came out. I think the Vader was the first one, which was kind of um, kind of seen as like an, a, an aerial board when yeah. it really wasn't. It was still kind of Tom Curran surfs it, has got a similar board. Um, that he shaped, which if you look at the bottom of it, has got like a quad concave or a double concave in the bottom. Yeah. But there's little cutouts in the bottom. And what these do is it it creates lift and foil. And Tomo's, uh, Dan Thompson's boards from sort of mid, sort of like the front third, especially in the Evo. Yeah. In the Cymatic, which I bought eventually.
1: Oh, you did get one, yeah. Yeah,
0: from, from the mid section through to the tail has got um, a quad concave in it um, and it creates a lot of lift. And it's, uh, it's
1: essentially, if you look at it with a with a ruler across it, it's yeah. essentially hollow through the back end. Yeah.
0: But also it's got, especially in the Cymatic, not so much of the Evo. I don't know about the Vader because I've not looked at that, but it's just got constant rocker. But when you put it on the floor, so the constant rocker goes from the nose through to the mm-hmm. tail. But if you lie on the floor... It just looks like it's flat with a little bit of nose rocker into it. Mm. So I got a little bit spotter into it and I started looking at um, looking into uh, lots of different videos and reviews and stuff. And I was just like, this, this stuff has been out for 10, 15 years. And I was just thinking to myself, like, how do I not know about this? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really into it. Really, you know, all about rails and rail design and fishes and what makes a fish surf different to what a square tail thruster does or what a thruster with a fish sort of like what a modern day fish where it's just sort of like a little V in the tail yeah. as opposed to an old retro fish which has got lots of width in the back, but like a twin fin. Like what what makes that different you know, a longboard has got 50-50 rails, some of them, a lot of the classic longboards from nose to tail, which makes them turn a lot better. But as soon as you dig the rail into it to try and create grip, yeah, it slides out a little bit more if you don't put, you know, a, a, a couple of... Um, a couple of little side bike fins in the back, if they have it or not, you know. And it just kind of made me think, like, loads about it. And when I looked into it, it just
1: was really, really interesting. It's, it is super interesting. It is really interesting. All all board design is... um, And there's so much out there as well now Yeah. to learn about. And that's not even looking into the fins. Yeah. It, well, I mean, that's I mean, just, just a complete... Fins is like another, <laughs> another yeah. world, another minefield. Yeah, I mean... It, it's, I mean, there's it's... so much detail in fins and i think a lot of people discount fins um discount fins as just being a fin yeah but there is there is so many subtle differences in fins that make a that make a you know they make a bit a bit difference they do make a bit of difference you know and they feel different
0: i think they are but also you have to be a little bit you do ha- you do not have to have a little bit of um ability as well to realize yeah, the difference agreed. in them agreed yeah um You know, and I have, I've started to look at fitting design a little bit, but I really don't think I'm anywhere near that anywhere. I think just looking at the shaping of boards and stuff is, is, is super, super interesting. And when I got that cymatic, I always used to surf, um, you know, I have a round tail or pin tail boards just because I always felt they held a little bit better than the square tail. I've had like DHs yeah. before, um, you know, Mick Fanny models and all sort of that, that sort of thing. And they, they went well in good waves, but in like really shitty waves, yeah. you know, classic British type star waves. They didn't really go too well. Again, look, I'm talking about my own, my own ability rather than, you know, what a pro would be able to, be yeah, able yeah. to achieve on them. Um, and then when I bought that cymatic and I, and I took it in for the first couple of times, I just I had it in a quad setup to start with and I could not believe how fast it was. yeah uh, and I changed it into a thruster setup which you know was released a little bit of speed into it and it just holds and that quad concave in the bottom mm. is, is amazing. I mean yeah, don't get me wrong. they are quite expensive.
1: They are. They're, they're. They're. They're really, really good shapes. I mean, they. They. They all of the Firewire range are brilliant. I. It depends if you like surfing PU boards or, or if you like surfing epoxy. Some people don't like epoxy. And then um, you go into a complete different and then realm. And it's a whole you? different world. I mean, but, I. I had a. I had a. Um, I mean, I've. I've always surfed Firewires. I've had lots of different Firewires, and I absolutely love them. I think they're brilliant boards, um, but. Um, I had I, I had a, um, a helium firewire and I found it too light, particularly for the UK conditions. If there's a bit of wind or a little bit of chop, it just it almost seems to get held up. You know, if you're taking off, it doesn't it almost you almost got to try and like drive it down the face as opposed to it wanting to go down the face. Um, and I am great in perfect conditions. But not always brilliant if in in UK conditions, like all UK conditions, particularly if there's a bit of wind. Um, but I don't know what your take is on on epoxy over PU, or if you feel you have a preference over either of those, or I think, or if you feel even notice a difference between epoxy and PU.
0: Yeah, I do. Uh, epoxy's a little bit heavier, just because of the glassing and stuff on it. I mean, obviously the, the you know. With your different shapes, and depends if you go to a surfboard shape and and get one get one shaped for you. You yeah. know you've got the different, um, you, you've got the different heaviness of the the resin, you know, where you put your knee or your foot or whatever. But the PU I find a a little bit more buoyant. Um, I think if you don't get in the water, a great deal like like I don't. You know, I'm far and few between. I follow the swell when it comes in, as opposed to just getting in because yeah. I can. I live a couple of miles down the road. I just don't have that feasibility. Um, it also helps with the paddleability of the board as well. Mm. You know, if it's got that little bit more corkiness in it, because it feels more buoyant, you're going to get into stuff a little bit more, which is what we're talking about and joking about at the start. About you know, volume is your friend. Yeah. You know, have it having that also really does help. But also, you know, talking about, you know, the cymatics, the, um, the Evos, where Tom took the took the nose off it, so the pivot point is a lot shallower than it would be like on a longboard where it's like pointier. He made a good point, actually, talking about points. <laughs> he said, why would a surfboard be shaped like a point when it's designed to go over something instead of through it? Which, when I thought about it, it, was, well, why do surfboards have this rocker, but then it's like pointed at the end? It doesn't, doesn't really make any sense.
1: No, but it looks fucking cool.
0: It does until you poke <laughs> someone's eye out with
1: it. Do you remember yeah. those old diamond things that you Just used to Just going buy back to, to our table? Maldives trip. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, when you look at like the Cymatics, the Evos, and uh, now you've got the HydroShore, Hydro, Hydro-Short, what's the other one?
1: hydro they they all have in common that hydro hull yes bottom the, the, which uh, makes them feel and not just feel but they do absolutely fly yeah I mean if, if so you're, it's interesting that you say that P you find PU more corky because I I feel epoxy more cor- do you? yeah I hundred percent think epoxy boards are, are more corky and actually for me a PU board um, I, I actually feel like a PU board engages with the with the wave a bit better. The rail engages with the wave. You feel like it's. I feel like it's. Um. It just feels for me. It feels nicer. I still ride epoxy boards, and all the torque boards are epoxy. And I've got a, a quiver of torque boards, and I love surfing all of them for different reasons. Um. But I still enjoy. I've got. Uh, I've got. Uh. Luke Young. I'm good friends with Luke Young, and I I ride his boards as well. And I've got um. I've got some of his boards, all PU, brilliant. Uh, you know, in fact, one of my my favourite board is one of Luke's boards. It's a twin fin. Yeah,
0: it's out of the back.
1: In fact, I've got two of them. Yeah, so yeah. the one, the newest one I've got, well, oh, it's not even new now. I need to go and see him for another one. But um, the the I've got a really really old one, which I absolutely loved, which is now just I've, it's been put to pasture. It's it's still surfable, and I surfed it at Lynmouth a while ago. But it's it's pretty much dead. Um, and then he shaped another one for me off the, that template with channels, a little bit more modern version of it, and that has been by far and away one of my favourite boards. Um, and I now need to go and see him for another one. So, Luke, if you're listening, I'm coming to see you. I'm coming to see him <laughs> sometime
0: soon. anyways uh, he's uh, he's he's nicely said that he'll come onto the podcast and and talk shape with me. Yeah. Funnily enough, um, talking about Luke Young. I um because I'm down in Plymouth, uh, I've got a Jed Knoll retro twin fin. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and uh, one of my, well, one of the people that I worked with decided to put a volleyball stand, a really heavy one to the back of a van, which had my 20 in. and Epic. It went straight through it. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I'd also busted the... If that uh,
1: happened to your firewire, you'd be in a load of trouble.
0: Yeah, he'd be six foot under. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're not talking about that. Um, Yeah, and and also, I've had it for over 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, I bought, I probably, what was the, um, was it Revolution, was the surf shop down in Newquay? Um, It was... I don't remember,
1: I don't remember, remember Revolution. There was a Revolution skate park in Kent. No, it was was like an old
0: retro shop and it was just a little bit further. So you remember where North Shore, the shop is in Newquay? Yeah. It was opposite, was it Belushi's?
1: (laughs) If you talk to me about nightclubs and pubs, I'll probably be able to tell you what it was. I don't
0: know why I'm pointing (laughs) because no one can see it. If you head towards, and we're
1: in Croy, not yeah. not Nuki. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, exactly. So if you head towards uh, from the centre of Nuki uh, towards the ship, which is down sort of the Fistral Cribber end.
1: Yeah, towards the red line. Yeah, the yeah. red line. Sorry. Yeah.
0: Uh, on the left-hand side of the road, there was an, there was a shop there called Revolution. And I bought a Jedno um, twenty from there. Yeah. Anyway, long story short. I took it to uh, to Luke because the tail needed tweaking up. I'd smashed the tail off, of the, both, both the fish ends off a bit. And it had that hole. In and I said, can you fix it? He said, yeah, he, he did it for me. And then went back and I had a chat with him. And he basically said, you know, when did you buy this? And I said, you know, I, I bought this probably about 10, 12, 13 years ago. And he said, I was working in San Diego at the time. And I probably glassed this. And I was like, <laughs> no way. I was like, uh, it's like, it's like. I was a little bit taken aback by it because it's super coincidental, really. Yeah.
1: Isn't it? Now, I like going back, like Luke and I go back a long way, and, um, and yeah, I remember when he got into, uh, into shaping boards like way, way, way back in the day. And he, like, I'm super, super proud of him because he's, he is knocking out some phenomenal boards now, like really, really, really good boards. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for him because he's, uh, He's he's done really well. I can't wait to go and get another one. He's got some great models now. Really really good models.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to hear from some stories from him about um you know, his days over in California shaping and stuff or yeah. and learning yeah. to do that, you
1: know. He went through the whole process, you know, he's he's worked with some phenomenal shapers. He's got a great heritage and he's got some you know, he's 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 learnt from the best. So he's um yeah, he's done really well. And he's doing he's doing really good business now, and you know, all the boys down on the south coast and not. I mean, I see so many people surfing his boards, not just here when I'm traveling, you know. So um, it's good, and it's also really good to support local. Like, yeah. I work in an industry where we have boards coming over from the from the far east, and um, you know, and that's that's a big part of the market. But I think um, I think it's super super important to to, to support local, and, and those guys are you know they put in a lot of work to shape what is essentially a piece of art and every single board that they pump out has got their heart and soul in it. You know, they're, they're That's what they do. That's their passion. And they take the time to sit down talk to you, find out what you want. Everyone, every shape has got a little bit of their own artistic license, which is absolutely fine. Um, and you're never always going to get a brilliant board, not a brilliant board, but you're not always going to get like the, the, the board that you, You know, like the the one board, you're like, oh, that was my best board. Because you just go through surfboards. That's just part of surfing. You ride boards, but you've got to give them a chance to settle in and bed in. You're never going to get up on the board on the first wave and go, that's going to be my favorite board ever. Because that just doesn't happen, or very rarely. Um, but But those guys will take the time to sit down with you, talk to you, listen to you, find out what you want, find out what you've been surfing in the past, find out where you surf, you know look at you as a person what you weigh and figure out kind of roughly where you're at with your surfing and try and make something that works really well for you so um yeah it's really good
0: yeah it's gonna be interesting talking to him i think um i don't really have that much exposure to people that that shape boards one of my friends um uh used to dabble in shaping he made a couple of boards and stuff he made my dad a uh a 10 foot long board and it weighs an absolute ton and it turns like an absolute barge, but it looks amazing. <laughs> oh, perfect. That's no, fine. Nice, as long as
1: it looks good on the roof. Nice
0: red tint And it's got, um, it's got the, uh, got the family crest on it as well, which is, Brilliant. which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I got it, I got it shaped for him for his birthday. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's a cool thing to do. Yeah. He loves it. Yeah. But he's like, you know, pushing mid 60s now and
1: does he still get in much or not uh
0: every now and again i bought him <laughs> do you know what? i actually bought him a uh, a gift certificate for the the wave in bristol so um as it's just opening i'm trying to sort out a time to to go up there with him nice um obviously put him in the expert setting straight away um <laughs> i'm
1: actually really looking forward to trying that uh, myself it's uh, it looks yeah I want to get back up there.
0: Yeah, like I say, I, I was booked in to go on the advanced plus because I wanted to do that one and then see what the next level up. Because I saw... Um,
1: so They've only got... Hang on. So what are the levels now? They've got advanced plus. They've got the normal... So
0: they've got beginner, intermediate.
1: Yeah, so and, the beginner of... Like, so on the actual, the, the main wave, Yeah. the settings they have on that. So, so they've they got have,
0: a, the, just the normal advanced wave. Advanced, yeah. And then they've got advanced plus, advanced which plus. is then cranked up. And yeah. then the top one that you can do is, is expert.
1: Okay, so they have those three now, so do the they? Three, yeah. So expert is those pretty. Experts much, like dry, is is pretty much taken yeah. off. Yeah. Then... So
0: the best thing to do is I watched um, uh, Lee Bartlett and Paul Barakat. Barakat. Mm-hmm. Um, they did the surfing show and they went up to the wave and they did the advance, the advance plus, and the expert, and.
1: Um, they got that. They got footage of that then. Yeah, it's all on. Oh, YouTube. the expert it's, as well. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Okay, cool. And and
0: they do a comparison of it as well. So the barrel size, yeah, um, is different. Yeah. Um, you know, and and apparently, the
1: How does expert look? It
0: looks pretty sick. Yeah, sick, it's makeable. Like,
1: yeah, like. I actually found. That, I mean, I've surfed both um, Bristol Wave and Surf Snowdonia. Yeah. Um, both really really fun and great places to go and and. Uh, and and surf. Um, I found I found the. Have you surfed up a Snowdonia?
0: I haven't, but you told me about it.
1: Yeah, it's it's different to the wave, and as my, I think the wave is easier. The Bristol wave is easier as, a, as, a, as a, to surf um, into taking off, and you know, like it's an easier wave to kind of figure out quite quickly. Um, Snowdonia takes a few more, few more waves. You know, like you just kind of takes three or four waves to get into to get your head around. paddling into it and how it works and stuff
0: it looks to me that uh surf snowdonia's wave is more speed orientated
1: i I actually i i found surf snowdonia more surfable as a wave as in like you can you know top to bottom i like
0: so so what what i took away from when when they went and did it because they did it with uh jenny jones was there as well yeah trying to get on here as well. Yeah. I'm trying to get everyone on this podcast that yeah, I can.
1: You're such a podcast whore. Yeah. yeah I'm just going to name drop everybody that I can.
0: I'm going to hashtag the shit out of it too. <laughs> um, yeah, from what I gathered, the step up from the advanced to the advanced plus, yeah. the, the, the the wall of the wave is a lot bigger mm. and there's more face of it. Which I kind of, when you sit there and, and, you, and you're looking at it because... The um, the height of the the size of the facility doesn't change.
1: Yeah.
0: But obviously, the shallowness of the wave that, that you know the bottom contours it draws off what, the bottom. Uh, yeah. What, what creates it? So the, the amount of pulse that's created to push that wave up is obviously. Mm. Um, well,
1: it's a much quicker takeoff, isn't it? Yeah. So I, you're, I think, you're up. You've got to be much snappier when you when you when you get up on yeah, it. Yeah.
0: What I found was the closer you are to the wall, the steeper the takeoff. Yeah. So you mean?
1: Well, I've only surfed it on the advanced setting, and I actually found that the takeoff is 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 easy. Then you go through, so you go through that first little the takeoff section, and then and then you need to do a little check turn, yeah, it's a
0: little that yeah,
1: tiny little check turn, and then, just and then you and then you wind it up for that little that tiny that inside section,
0: which does barrel.
1: It does, but it's it's quite you know it's it's not like whereas if you snowdonia is kind of like walling all the way through. I think probably on the higher settings at the at the wave, Bristol up no, no, in Bristol it will be wasn't. will be much, much better. But of course when I was surfing there, just after it opened, that option wasn't available. So yeah, I'm, I'm really I'm... glad that they that they've that they've that they're moving into that phase of settings now because I think for the larger surfing community I, I, I know I know the guys, I know Nick um, Nick Reese up there and I, I know that they got, they copped a fair bit of flack on social media about people going up with higher expectations um, and surfing it and thinking, oh, this is rubbish and I've just paid 40 quid for it. But, but actually you know- there was always, always going to be that period where they needed you to settle into the business. Yeah. You know, you can open a business uh, like a wave like that, that's that breaking on concrete and just stick it on the highest set and you go, there you go, everyone can dig in because all they're going to do is end up with, I mean, their insurance companies are barking at them all the time. They're afraid of spinals and, yeah. you know, like, so as a business, you need to be hyper aware of that. Um, and I think they've really done the right thing by, although it went against them in social media, because everyone, there's loads of backlash about it being rubbish and like why put a video out with a pro surf in the big waves and then when you open it up, it's not very good. Well, they had to do that. So I completely get it. And I think this process is good. Now they're moving into that stage where actual guys that surf better can go and surf it. is is good for the business, um, you know, good for us as well.
0: And what I think is even better with it is when they initially first opened the advanced settings, because, you know, I had an eye on it over social media too, was that. They, they initially put the price costing of it up quite high. It was like 95 quid for a session. And loads of people are like, there's no way I'm travelling that far for an hour session to pay 95 quid for that. You know, that's my... I, I could pay 95 quid from London and drive to Cornwall or North yeah. Devon. And, and, you know, that that's my petrol money there yeah. and back.
1: Yeah, it's a fair show.
0: But they actually listened
1: yeah, they did, and
0: then they brought that costing down
1: because it's run by surfers as well. Don't forget, there's not they're not corporate yeah. suits in there that run in it. These the guys that are running it are, are surfers themselves, and they want to surf and they want to share that stoke of surfing.
0: I think what they did as well. I'm not sure if that's Nick still-
1: would be a good person to speak to actually if you get a chance yeah. at the wave. Yeah, um,
0: I think what they did as well with that is they they put a um, like a pre cursor setting for it so if you wanted to surf the advanced plus i'm not sure if this is the case now or not but you went down and you did um a couple of sessions or a session yeah to say that you were competent enough to move on to the next one do you know what i mean i'm not yeah. sure whether they're doing that now or not
1: they did talk about doing a uh where you just have to go and uh, do a few tick boxes that you yeah you can take off yeah you can go down the line but i think um, what
0: what if if they go along the lines of and i think what they're doing now is like you do with the advanced plus and i've been with people in the water there where they get three strikes yeah so if they can't take off on a wave or they because it's a big system isn't it mm. there's there's 13 sets per hour 14 sets per hour and then within that set there's 20, fl- there's, yeah. there's 20 waves per set yeah and you're all sat and lined up. If you've got 20 people waiting for that and one person fucks it up, that's a set gone and somebody's dipped out.
1: Well, it's definitely a wave gone. It's not a set gone. But you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah well, especially they, if that person flounders on in the impact yeah. zone for a bit, grabbing their board but and even then two it, waves have gone. Yeah, yeah. Or even
0: if misses it. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've been there with people and they've gone, do you know what? Um, just jump out. We'll give you a credit note for it, and then you can come back and have a go on the intermediate setting. Mm. Um, you know, and, and get on with that. Yeah,
1: um, which I think that'll is, work. And then I don't know if they'll if they'll lower the the group sizes, so it's not fourteen people. I guess from a commercial point of view standpoint, they'd need to keep those I keep don't know, their because, maximum numbers in there. Yeah,
0: I mean the the settings uh, change. With the levels that they put it out, mm. I don't know, because they're all, they, you know, you don't have an intermediate session out within an yeah. advanced session because one, they're not going to get a wave. And,
1: no, but I mean, as in the numbers in the group. So there's a, there's there's however many people, there's normally like, is there 13, 14 people in the group? Is that yeah, a day? yeah. I, I think can't remember. So. How I mean, you
0: can't bite 20 people out because there's always going to be one person that dips out on mm. the set. So I think it's over 12.
1: Yeah. I don't know. No, the last time I was there, I was in a winter suit, boots, it was absolutely freezing. It would be really nice to go and surf it with a summer suit.
0: Mate, I went there, at 10 o'clock in the morning, first session, three of us on the left, that was it. I caught 19 waves on the first, <laughs> in the first. I
1: tell day. you what, it really surprised me about it. It was absolutely knackering. I'm pretty comfortable paddling around, up and down the beach. In fact, I'm known for being all over the place everywhere. Yep. Um... <laughs> man the, the 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 Bristol wave was another level it was you're 'cause you're not you're you're constantly going you literally like non stop yeah. you catch a wave out catch a wave you know it's like you know you get two waves in a set if you if you get the your first one taken off and get back out and you know you can keep you can keep going i mean it's bloody brutal
0: that's how I was knocking them out yeah uh, I just got to a point where I was absolutely shattered, but that same session I decided that I was gonna you know. They, do, they, they used to do a thing there where um, you had your first session for whatever the concession price was, which was like 42 quid, but then your next session was like 30. Yeah. So I had an hour off and went back out again. <laughs> oh, Mate, I couldn't move my arms. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then you got to walk back to the car, <laughs> yeah. carrying all your shit. Yeah.
0: Uh, I wish they'd just had the catapult and you could just catapult it's me.
1: It's crazy, actually, talking about the wave and, and all both the waves, you know, like Snowdonia and Bristol, because when I was growing up surfing I wouldn't have even dreamed that we would like we'd be where we are now having a artificial wave on our doorstep you know like access to it and then of course as soon as you've got it everyone you know there's all you know there's all kinds of like feedback and stuff on it but it's brilliant I think it's great for the industry that we've we've got those things and you know it's great for us in the southwest that we've got it on our doorstep you know, there's one well. been
0: um, confirmed to be built in Birmingham as well. Is there? Yeah, yeah,
1: it doesn't surprise me. Well, the great thing about, I mean, look, people, should, more people should go and surf Snowdonia as well. I think because you've got you've got a, it's in a beautiful part of the country. You could, there's great waves around Wales as well. There's amazing mountain bike facilities like parks and Bike Park Wales, and you know, well, it's and right look,
0: in the centre of Snowdonia. I mean, National you
1: could make you could make a whole weekend of that. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal, and I think I, I, I my worry is, is, is that obviously, North Wales is is a lot further away, and um, Bristol Wave has maybe taken a bit of, I don't know if it's taken any business away from them, but um, it's, um, I think they should both be visited and used as much as each other.
0: Was, you talk about business sense and all that. I was talking to uh, Glenn Harris, who owns Surfed Out in Broughton. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he, he was saying he was a little bit. Um, skeptical about it opening because obviously, where the Bristol Wave is, it's like on the M4 corridor. So you got people coming in from London, from Wales, from up north. And, mm. You know, it's right, right on that junction. And he was saying about you know it was, might detract the business that would come to like North Devon. I nah, don't, I don't, I don't see that happening.
1: Nah, I don't think so at all. I think it's um, I think look, we're always going to be busy down here. I, I, I can't. This is, you know, we're in we're in a great part of the country that people love visiting. So I just think it's a novelty place to go um, for surfers, and it's it's like going to surf the um, the uh, bore. Yeah. You know, it's seven not something ball, yeah. you're going to do all to seven bore. Yeah, it's not something you're going to. Everyone should do it once because it's just a brilliant thing to do, and it's a novelty, and it's something that you should tick off your off your surfing you know, you done list. Yeah. It's definitely one of those things. Another thing that I've done, I've only done it once, but um man, what a laugh that was.
0: Yeah, I do you know I haven't done that and I uh, I haven't done that yet and
1: I'll I tell you what's brilliant about it, it's not actually the surfing, it's it's the it's the wacky races in between catching the waves because where it winds up the seven, you can you know, you can actually jump out and jump in three or four times before the wave dissipates and yeah. gets to the end of the river. So the, the fun part is is the, is the bit between catching the wave and then riding it back because you paddle up the river to, to where you want to meet the wave and then you kind of almost surf back to where you got in, where your car is. Right. And then you jump out and the river's in full flow at this time. So you're literally hanging on to trees and your board's fucking off on its leash and it's chaos. And then you grab everything, run up to your car, jump in the car. Everyone like wacky races off to the next point of the river where you jump in and paddle up and the wave comes around the corner and you do the same again it's just you know the whole the whole thing is um it's completely foreign but absolutely brilliant
0: yeah it's something i've always wanted to do it um there's a
1: lot of people do it now
0: uh, yeah and uh, and uh, i have looked into it and i've you know
1: we should go and do it sometime yeah it'd be cool man (laughs) it's brilliant
0: i've read a couple of books there's a couple of like uh videos of it on um uh, Red
1: Bull TV, I think. Yeah, I tell you Phil Williams. Have you you know Phil Williams? Right, okay. Yeah. He's Christian surfers, uh, Christian surfers guy. Okay. Really nice guy. He is a, one of the. I think they've got a, a Boar riders club. They definitely got a Boar rider.
0: Okay, yeah, it r- does ring a bell. So I he's a member of that. So okay,
1: yeah. So he would um, he'd be a good person to chat to you about it. But it's look they have a they have a board calendar. So you can go and you can check out the Boar calendar. Any spring tide, you can go and do it a great thing to do yeah it's like visiting the super bowl <laughs>
0: <laughs> just just like it with crowds along the or the thatch <laughs> <laughs> mate we've been talking for an hour and a half now okay
1: um we could go all night we could go all night you're right maybe one time we will go all night
0: yeah if i wasn't so uh energy ridden from trying to get the stupid computer to work at the start
1: yeah. well look it's been a pleasure mate thank you for uh asking me to have a chat i uh, i hope we've kept everyone entertained and we've uh, ticked a few boxes for a few people
0: yeah hey first surfing podcast
1: there's many more to come
0: there was mate yeah uh stu portner thanks for coming on
1: adam lyson thanks for having me <laughs> cheers dude <laughs> cheers mate
0: and that's it If you enjoyed the podcast, please like and share and also leave any feedback on your podcast provider. Thanks for listening.